well, there is no other gospel. Um, the sermon series in Galatians is about what is the good news. Um, last week, in Paul's introduction, he delivers the gospel twice by saying how God opened up the eyes of the Galatians to see who Jesus is. And that God had a plan that this would happen because of God's foreknowledge and his Because it happened according to God's plan that Jesus died and rose again. Uh, we see that yeah, God the Father raised him from the dead. And he gave himself, uh, Jesus Christ gave himself up to deliver us from our sins. And this was the evil age. And this was done by the God the Father will be glorified forever and ever. So even though this is a classic introduction to a letter, Paul shares and reminds them about the gospel in there of Jesus Christ. And then he will go on to contend for this gospel. He's very upset today. Very upset. Uh, as one of the slides would say, normally what comes next is a thanksgiving and a prayer for the people. We don't have that today. He just goes right on and confronts them. He lovingly confronts them and says, what are you doing? So that's kind of how we're going to start today. Getting ahead of myself, but uh, also a lot if you don't know who, God, uh, who, Jesus, uh, who Paul is. And if you don't know anything about Galatians, we'll just do a few minutes of that uh, after we have read the text. writes to the Galatians. I'm astonished that you so quickly deserted, deserting him who called you in the grace of Christ and are turning to a different gospel. Not that there is another gospel. For there are some who trouble you and want to distort the gospel of Christ. But even if we or an angel from heaven should preach to you a gospel contrary to the one we preach to you, let him be accursed. As we've said before, and so now I say again, if anyone is preaching to you a gospel contrary to the one you received, let him be accursed. This is very, very strong words, and we'll get into that. But Paul is not happy, and he will confront them and encourage them return to Christ alone. Uh, if you don't know who Paul is, he's a, you have a little bit on the screen. Paul is uh, born, as we talked about, in, in Tarsus in this region. Uh, it, it's in Turkey today, in this region there. Uh, he's writing to the Galatians who is in that green part uh, there. Uh, Paul, Paul, Paul uh, grew up Roman citizen, uh, so it gives him some privileges 
Um, he studies under one of the best teachers in Jerusalem. He's very zealous. He's a Pharisee. And he knows the law well. He would keep the law as well as he could as possible. He'd say he's better than anybody else in his age. Uh, but then uh, Jesus, after his death and his resurrection and, and ascension, he meets Paul on the road to Damascus, blinds him, and asks him, what are you doing? Why are you persecuting me? And Paul's like, who are you, Lord? He's like, I'm Jesus Christ, the one whom you've been persecuting. He is sent into Damascus. Ananias prays for him. And he goes like, why don't you get up and go to Athens? And he does. And he says to Ananias, I'm going to use this man. He's going to suffer much for my name's sake, but I will use him. And that's the Paul's start of the Paul's conversion from persecution, beating up Christians who are happy that they were dying, to now he became one himself and wants to share this good news of the Lord that met him to all the people with him. Philippians is, uh, I tried to make it bigger, bigger this week, uh, is written about this. It's a very li early letter. You can see through all the other things, before a lot of the gospel, or before the gospels, early letter. Again, when people say things about Paul, like, oh, he doesn't know what he's doing about Jesus. Like, no, Paul is actually early in his marriage ministry. Uh, it's not a late invention that he was using this. Oh, that's what I said. Uh, at this point, in many of his other letters, he would come with a prayer and thanksgiving. Guys, you're doing well and different things. Uh, but no, uh, he will not do that here. He will rebuke them strongly and encourage them to return to the true gospel. I had some questions here. If I can read my own handwriting. If you are a kid or a person who likes to take notes, uh, my burden today, just like Paul is, that you would know what the gospel is. So the first question is, what is the gospel? What is the good news? Um, and who, who is Paul going to say should be accursed? Oh, and what false, and what false, what false gospels do you know? So three questions: What is the gospel? Who should be accursed? And what false gospels do you know? So just some things to take, to follow along, to see um, what that is. Now we already said uh, that Paul is upset. I'm also. Not upset today. I'm not mad at you or anything. But uh, it is a burden that is very strong. That if we miss this, we talked about it in the Bible study. If we miss what the good news is, it doesn't matter what else we do. Um, because then we're not going to live in the freedom and the salvation of who Jesus is. We will misunderstand who God is. And we'll make a religion and religious good works or we will turn in on ourselves and sin as much as we can. The true path is the one where Jesus says, I am the way, the truth, and the life. 
no one comes to the Father except for me. But God, as we read, had an eternal special need. Great human financial need. He knew they were going to sin against him and fall away. He had a plan to come and become Jesus. So he lived perfect. But we die to our sin. So we can be reconciled, found righteous with God. And conquer sin, Satan, sin, and death in life. And trust in coming back. That is the good news of the gospel. take away the act of that. We will be on the right path. Now, and I think also just to know, just to know Paul's, Paul's um, feelings, and, and it's not just Paul, it's the people that's with him, it's the team that went there. These are, these are the, 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 they traveled over great distances to share the gospel through persecution, through, through, uh, through, um, rainy nights, through hot days, through ships, through different things to these people, and they see God move in these people, and they're transformed. God is opening their eyes to see who Jesus is. They're responding to that, and they're starting to follow Jesus. But then Paul gets word that they have shifted and believed in a different gospel. Even the phrasing here, we, 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 we can see, I'm astonished that you so quickly, not just, you don't walk for a long time, this is quick, it's quick that you're deserting. This is, what does that mean? You're deserting. And it means that they are deserting Jesus, who called them to Jesus. They're not just deserting this theoretical, uh, theological system. They're deserting the God of the universe who made a way for them in Christ. They're deserting the way to life. So Paul is very furious, and he's like, what are you doing? <laughs> what, are you, what are you doing? And why are you so quickly deserting? God called you in, in his grace, in the grace of Jesus. God called you. He showed you who Jesus is. And now, even with that, you're still turning away to something that is not the good news of the gospel. What are you doing? Why are you deserting God? the creator of heaven and earth. Why are you doing this? What are you doing? It's not just that they, it's not just a concept, it's a relationship with a true being. God who called them, who showed them who Jesus is by his Holy Spirit, who has awakened a relationship with him. Christ by standing over that earth and they saw it and they're deserting God. We can take a moment and pause and, and just be like, okay, just like, you know, we read the Bible, people in the Bible, they're so dumb, they don't get it. <laughs> 
through hyphens, exclamations, through the whole whole scriptures, you know. They they just they misunderstand all the time. Like, oh, what did they say? Bob, you know. But the burden of preaching is constant, and the burden of us coming to this moment is that we we have to understand that we reject the gospel when we don't live in light of it. We break relationship with God, not just a theological concept, but we break relationship with God when we trust something else in life. And His provision by grace in Jesus Christ. It's not just words. We reject a person. And we shift our allegiance to someone else than God. Most of us would say, well, I don't, I don't really do that. You know, that's not what I do. I, but, but it's not what I do. I just listened to somebody else and did that instead of what Jesus said. Yes, that is exactly what Paul is saying. That you chose to desert from God and do something somebody else told you instead of trusting in Jesus Christ. That is a sin. Is when we fail in our relationship with God and trust something that is not Him. We can do that when we when we in this life try to find our way through this life and we find uh, different philosophies. We we hear it in movies and different things. Some of your kids might remember this one. Hakuna Matata. It's a false gospel. That's not how we're supposed to live our life. Or a famous one from an older movie, Carpe Diem, Seize the Day. Well, it's not. Without Jesus, that doesn't work. Or or a different saying that you've heard. Some, something you heard in a video, somebody you heard on the radio, oh, that makes good sense. In fact, I'll do that. I'll do that with my kids. I'll do that with my own wife. But if that doesn't line up with the gospel of Jesus Christ, we're deserting away from it. We do it away from God. Classical examples is a little company that says their tagline is, you're worth it. Worth what and why? Well, you're worth it to buy our product. Well, that's also <laughs> a false gospel. That's not what we said you're worth from our company. I'm pretty sure that in your mind you can remember a lot of these taglines by companies and others. Or people are known as whatever, coaches, well, gurus, coaches, uh, fitness people, now it's YouTubers, uh, and streamers and all those things. Um, but if we take that real world view, then that's not saturating Christ in our gospel. We're choosing to drift away. We're choosing, choosing allegiance to someone else that is not God. That's what Paul Squash does. They're rejecting God. And they had seen Jesus and they're rejecting him. Again, we can just be 
So kanta niya, he's like, oh, you're so dumb. So, but uh, we lose time when you finally leave the family and spend time with them. God sent Paul and his team to these people to believe, reveal Jesus to them. To share in his love and his care, and by faith, they saw. It wasn't their work for religious leaders, but they did see and they changed their lives. Some of them were Gentiles, some of them were Jews. It, it cost them massively. They saw it. Now they deserted Jesus or trusted in something else than God. They've seen him as the Lord Christ. They've seen him as the one, the Messiah, the true God that came into the world to save and to bring people reconciliation, reconciliation to God. Then they chose some other group of people. Paul is saying, you, you, you are turning away to a different gospel. And you might be like, well, is there another gospel that I don't know about? And God, Paul clarifies immediately, there is no other. There's not another gospel. And then he starts getting into some of the conflicts that's happening. There's no other gospel. Again, I'm very certain you're going to do this because I'm not good at it. But in the Greek, it's evangelion. And so in Danish, it's evangelis. So you have that in the language. It means good there's no other good news besides this. There's a lot of people that say they have the good news. They're all false. They can never deliver what they claim. They will fake love. Not to be abandoned in Jesus Christ. They will lead people away from Jesus Christ. Away from God in relationships. This case is a case of distortion. They don't outright disregard everything Paul says, but it's a distortion of what he explains. They change the key God is by changing the public health plan. They change the gospel and add a depressed human. Okay, so today... How does this happen sometimes today? Sometimes the heart of false gospels are the ones that are not that different from the true one. There's like there's some of these others that God is a green monster. They're like, ah, that's not him. And they're like easy. Or something else where it's just so far from what we have seen. Sometimes today, this is because uh, Satan is is smarter than that. Sometimes, although people are still a little scared of the people, we, we did when we did the Matthew series about how many people right now say that they are Jesus. And there's like a whole page of people, and because apparently this is still going on, I was shocked to know that. Uh, but I guess that seems pretty obvious uh, not to. Instead, it can also be an overemphasizing amongst from one theological issue. It could be like, well, you're not a Christian unless you believe in Christ. 
you're not a Christian unless you are baptized. You're not a Christian until unless you worship the organ maker. You're not a Christian unless you, whatever it is, you're not a Christian unless you wear this kind of clothes. Those offers can be a little bit harder to, if they're veiled well, they can be a little bit harder to disprove because they hold up a lot of other things. But the gospel of God in Jesus Christ doesn't have that. There was one guy who said one time that Jesus does anything ruins everything. If you add something else from God's work to Jesus Christ, as something that saves and is forgiving, you destroy everything. Then the false leaders lead people astray, not to Jesus, but to the traditions and to the things that to the leader of those things. Look at what Paul's going to say later on. Like these people do it for their own pride. They do it so they can be proud and say, like, well, I did this. That's not the good news. That's putting a burden on the people that God does not put on them. Paul also sparingly, uh, Paul also sparingly, if that's the word, says that there are plenty of people who want to destroy the gospel. There are plenty of people who want to lead people astray. And I was having a hard time with what's the motivation behind that? Why, why would people want to lead people astray? I mean, they have maybe they have a core conviction that they're right, and so they're really just living out their gospel. I think we see that with a lot of movements today. But they're so, so uh, deceived <laughs> that they want to preach their own gospel to everyone, that this is the only way that you can live. Sometimes it's their pride to find good, see how good I am. Sometimes it's easy. It's, it's for the money. It's for sex. It's for popularity. It's to prove that I am worth something. And plainly, that's the work of the devil to keep people in chains and bondage. But that's what happens when you add to the gospel becomes a work. So either I can do the work and I'm proud and envious. And he says to unbelievers, you are stupid. I'm done with you. I am finished. And the people on the other side would be like, I can't do that. I can't be enemies of God. There's no way I can do that. Separates the sin. But he didn't do it. why? I'm not sure why people are wanting to destroy people, wanting to destroy the good news. I'm not sure why it's in, in people's, I did a, I did a short devotion on Judas one time. Like, what was his motivation? Like, what, what, did he want the money? Did he, didn't Jesus, Jesus, did, Jesus didn't fit the one Messiah he wanted? Like, what, sometimes it's hard to figure out what people's motives are. 
good people know their true life in Jesus. keep away from going to the source of life in them. As I said before, sometimes sometimes it's harder to discern because some false religions and cults, they use libel. And then I just hear his word. But some of the things they do might actually work. The problem with it is they add into it or taken from it. lead people to someone else than Jesus. Famous one is the MMM, that's the one about the angels. Mormonism leads people to Joseph Smith and Martin Luther King. Paul, when he writes this, all the commentators, all the commentators say that he's writing hyperbole. He's like, he's painting a picture of something that's probably never going to happen. thing is that Mormonism is is based on an angel speaking to this guy. But as you can see, the Lutherans say that it's something great that is false. It's clear from Galatians that it's some angel, or even Paul himself should come and preach a different gospel. It's wrong. So you have a fake, false religion in Mormonism that leads people not to Jesus Christ, but into a cult system of a man called Joseph Smith. And you have the same thing with Muhammad, who shows up with Jesus. He's still called Jesus, but he's crucified. But it doesn't matter. He shows up out of a religious sect, his uncle, something weird, and then he has new revelation. He gets a whole new system of a religion. It honors Jesus Christ, if we have read the Quran. It, it, it honors Jesus Christ in many places. But on key places, it changes his word. It is so strange that as we see these, we, we see that people use, use the same Persian gallery. The Jesus Christ of the Mormons is not Jesus. It's a different Jesus. But Jesus, as the as the, the 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 Muslims would say, is not the real Jesus. But they use the same characters. But they don't lead to Jesus, and they don't lead to the good news of the gospel. They take aspects of it and twist it. Same person gallery, adding extra revelation different from the gospel or preached to those who buy, pay, and receive. Now we come to the part that most people in the, the world now would say it's very hard for the world and a lot of people to hear because Paul's very upset doesn't mince words. What should happen to teach us? You twist the word of God, twist the good news, 
what will happen to them. But we'll talk about it. We'll we'll have some conference about it. We'll say we d- agree to disagree. We we accommodate. We do this. Nah, no, 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 no. Not what it says. It says that those people people should be devoted to destruction. They should be accursed. They should be damned. Should be condemned. Should be destroyed. Paul is appealing to the Galatians to know better than to trust somebody who twists the words that they've heard. And he is not accommodating anything that changes the gospel of the good news to be a works righteousness system so you can get proud or one that leads you into despair. He's saying there's only one gospel. And please don't listen to the idiots who twist it the one way or the other. There is only life through Jesus Christ, through God who sent him and he's opened your eyes to see it. Please don't desert to one of those other horrible things that's going to leave you just as you were without hope or hope in yourself or despair in yourself. Now those people should be accursed, devoted to destruction. He's appealing to them. Yes, there will be false teachers, but reject them. Know the gospel so well that you can reject the nonsense that they say and say, my allegiance is to Jesus Christ alone, not those people who teach false. And it doesn't matter who. Even if I come back, Paul says, and say something different, reject me, then I should be accursed. He doubles down on this and says a curse twice. It's probably why some people don't like Paul so much. Because his words were severe. He's like, why are you listening to people who draw you away from Christ? The only way of salvation, the only way of relationship with God. So trust in yourself or please trust in yourself as hopeless. You should reject these people not listen to them. They should be accursed. They are trying to damn you and take away life. Yeah. So this is the part where most people call believers and Jesus uh, narrow-minded, bigoted, and all sorts of other things. God himself welcomes from their sins to God. They can turn again. But there's not a lot of encouragement to people that are destroying the only hope there is. They cannot accommodate their sins. One of the main false gospels today is that uh, 
you can't judge others. Like you, you, you can't judge others um, because you don't know who they are, where they've been. Uh, like so I believe I can judge others. Um, I shouldn't judge others. Um, it's very pervasive today. And I, you know, I, I assume it's a lot in sports. There's, I don't know, I follow golf, and people are like, golf is so boring. Well, in golf and lots of other sports, the, m- the money now is coming from very suspicious places. Uh, but one after another, people say, well, I mean, we can't really judge those people. They're just doing what they sh- think they should for their family. I would, we're talking astronomical amounts of money. But where does the money come from? Oh, but I can't, you know, I can't judge that. They should do what's best for their family. Our one of our daughters from school, uh, what is that? Two weeks ago, asked a valid question about something that she thought was close to actually being taught in our sex education. So she uh, asked about something she thinks is gross and shouldn't be done. The person I think is unqualified to teach because they don't have any moral standards, is said, but that's okay if somebody likes that. Now, we had a great conversation, and I was like, but the person is trapped. That person cannot say anything else because that's their lack of morality and lack of understanding says that you can do whatever you want. As long as you like it, now, this is a confusing gospel, and I've, I've mentioned it many times, because we're six billion people plus. If everyone runs around to do whatever they like, then you get a world like ours. Sin, stealing, slander, all those things. Wars. Still, people are like, <laughs> and there was a, another, I saw another video where a guy is walking around. If you can ask one, one question to God, what would it be? And most people ask about evil, or like, why do we have wars? Yeah, why do you think we have wars? Because the predominant gospel is that you can do whatever you want, but then we get a world like this. Well, there's plenty of wars and lots of other things, and there is no moral basis. When the gospel is not... Jesus Christ and him glorified by God that people will open up their eyes to see and have everything transformed and give their life to him. That they would die and rise again with him. If it's about you just live for yourself and do whatever the heck you think is nice. Well, how do you think that's going to impact the other six billion? With no more understanding by being created in the image of God having him as your authority, king, ruler, and therefore doing what he wants you to do, not what you want. Then you get the world you have. Practically, this shows why the things are like they are. Why are people so fucked? I don't understand. 
when you have a gospel that opens up to what you like, only one thing is impossible. Of course, with that great truth. There was an encouragement. There was one encouragement. One older man who said, I think God's doing a pretty good job. <laughs> I love that quote. Um, but the fire, man, is so strong. As we as humans, I think that we, in our pride, can complain about what the world looks like, even though we are the one that's brewing at it. God, you should be able to. God, you should. God, you should be doing a better job. Yeah, but I think I should be able to do this and this and this and this and ruin other people's lives on my own. And that would be like, uh, you do know that I've <laughs> greater heaven and earth, greater the people in my image. I have made a way through you, through Jesus Christ, that we love through Jesus Christ. You continue to complain about you messing everything up. I'll show you to you where I have failed you. Verse 10. Whether you compare to God, you do on a bad day. Even though you're provided for salvation, redemption, adoption into God's family, human heart can still be like, you must mean you're giving up on God. You're not giving God I think is enough. This is scripture that God should be made in our image. That's making it clear. That's why the word Christian cleanses the false gospel grain in human hearts. And that's why Paul's not calm. Paul's not calm because he has taken these Gentiles and taken them away from worthless idols to the true God. And now he's seeing them creep into religiousness as if that could save them. And the Jews that he is saved into, into Christ's body are still doing the same thing. And he's like, why are you deserting relationship with God to these worthless things that would damn you? This is not playing. This is not some secondary issue of something. You're breaking relationship with Jesus. And God who has provided you the eyes to see Jesus. They're just the way they will live as best they can. There's no new gospel. There's no other gospel. And it doesn't matter where it comes from. Paul keeps saying, like, you got, if it's different than this, you can't. You'd be, these people should be burned and destroyed. God's word acquits the crime leading people away from God into no life at all. The failure of the false teachers to understand the grace of the Lord Jesus in the gospel. It means, uh, also it means in Galatians here, I think I use it a lot in my mind when people come up with new things. If somebody had a revelation from an angel or something else, you could just disregard it. If it doesn't fit with the God, if it does not fit, 
anyone who claims to have new revelation, a new book from God, say, no, you don't. It's clear you don't. Because we have all the good news we need. We have the best news in the whole universe. We don't need new ones. But God and Jesus Christ has shown us through Jesus that the good news is even the good news. God provided for us. His plan, Jesus obeyed his life, death, and resurrection, and he's coming back. The Holy Spirit makes us see. That's the good news. This is a question that I've question that I pondered on now I forgot to bring the reference, but you might say that why does God let this happen? Why is the cross taken? If you remember back to the really curious yesterday, maybe uh, it's the part where you're supposed to kill your son if he prophesies wrong, but we had it in Zacharias, right? Could it be that God is testing his people? To see if they would actually be faithful to him. Or they would be faithful to people that lead them astray. Who are we going to form relationship with? Will we deter away from that path? To someone else. Who will be stoned. I'll just go through, we talked about some of this before, this false gospel. Um, Jehovah's Witnesses, false gospel as well. They made a new translation of the Bible for themselves. It's the same in all languages, but it just changed the words they don't like about Jesus. Uh, classic UNRWA, uh, Jews that reject Jesus, Buddhism, Hinduism. Hinduism has 330 million gods. A total of reincarnation, and you could go through all sorts of things that doesn't seem like good news at all. Uh, mysticism, Gnosticism, uh, where you can only be enlightened if you're the special one, um, doesn't lead people to Jesus Christ. Um, then the question is, like, how many false gos gospels do you know? How many do you see in one day? They also have the uh, false gospels now of materialism. If you just have enough, then you'll be happy. Uh, you're in security. Humanism, humans is the goal. We should wor worship the humans. Like the self-esteemism, one I've uh, trampled on many times, is that just need a self. You just need enough self-esteem so you can be good enough to be your own god, and then everything will be okay. Like basically, pride and arrogance. The follow your heart religion, which I've also stomped on today. Um, is an extreme false religion that just say you can do whatever you want as long as you feel good about it. You can make your own God. When you look at what false gospels are, here Paul is talking about the twisting of his words into a new gospel. What is heaven and what is hell? A gospel will a gospel, a philosophy of a living will show you what is heaven and what is hell. When people present themselves, what is their gospel? What do the person that present gets out of it? What is the gospel to present? And remember, there is no other true gospel. 
because the true gospel gives hope to all that God has provided one thing. There's no way we can be proud, arrogant, because God did this. God provides in Jesus Christ by grace his son, Jesus. The Holy Spirit lets us see who Jesus is, his life, his death, his resurrection, that true life is only found in Jesus Christ. We can have a God, we can be redeemed to God, live with God forever, not by our works, but by his work through Jesus Christ. And we can worship him and glorify God because he is the one who is worthy of all praise. For his only son, good news in Jesus Christ. Shall I sing and pray together? Amen. God, thank you for being an amazing God who created heaven and earth, you always within, you know all things, you, you, you know exactly what we need, you know our pride and arrogance as humans, but becoming our own God, making up new gospels, making up different things, you, you know the desires of our hearts to, to be king and not for you to be king, and, and Lord, you who appoints you, that you, the Father, the Holy Spirit, in your eternal counsel have made a way for us to this point you don't need kings you're worthy perfectly obeying your father and we worship your sacrifice and your death so that we can have our sins taken away reconciled to you adopted to your family become your family and you rose again victory over your death we can see that we are going to rise with you with us. And you're coming back for your second coming. And as we pray, draw us deeper in the things of this simple truth that there's only one gospel found in Jesus. Thank you, Father. I pray against all distortions of this gospel. I pray that you would take care of all the people that want to distort the gospel. I pray against the philosophies of this world and false religion and people twisting the scriptures, Lord, that they would be exposed. You would take care of them. I pray for all people who are following you that they will not fall to the pit. so dependent on you because you're the one who made it happen the one who made people see there was wisdom and providence that personally was and all the glory to you for your son's death on the cross The things we believe are important because 
do it, keep saying how we live our life. And so the encouragement is to be so grounded, so encouraged in God's word that we live it out. And we have the people around us to call us back to him. Say, I don't think you're trusting now in Jesus Christ. I think you're trusting your own way. I think you're trusting what that person said on the internet. Come back. Don't abandon me. You know, and you can search me. Tough following Jesus in this difficult time. And this is the really true testimony. Build, keep the study, keep saying, is this what I need to be doing? And if you have questions, if you want somebody to pray with you, if you want like to understand better what the gospel, you know, if you want to give your life to Jesus and say, I believe that he's telling the good news, please tell somebody around you. If you can talk to me, talk to the people around you. We'll come to gladly pray with you. We will now stand up and receive the benediction So it's from Hebrews, and uh, it's from our last chapter here, 22 through 21, where the author writes, "May Now may the God of peace, who brought again from the dead our Lord Jesus, the great shepherd of the sheep, by the blood of the eternal covenant, equip you with everything good, that you may do his will, working in us that which is pleasing in his sight, through Jesus Christ, to whom be glory forever and ever. Join us uh, in the next verse.